Listen to WGN Radio's newest podcast, Behind the Badge, Illinois, hosted by David Hochberg. Behind the Badge, Illinois, views current events through the eyes of Illinois law enforcement leaders. Tune in. Visit WGNRadio.com slash Behind the Badge. What's new, Pussycat? That's what this music was intended for. It wasn't intended for Elise Glink, but... This is a segment every once in a while that we do with Dr. Dana Varble. She is the Chief Veterinary Officer for the North American Veterinary Community. And we appreciate you being on the show today. How are you, Doc? I'm good. How are you st- staying warm? <laughs> I hope everyone else is, too. I know. I know. This is this is the weekend to have a cat or a dog curl up in your lap and help keep you warm. Uh, it so- is, yes. What happens if your dog's a little chunker or a little bigger? I'm seeing a lot of shelters are doing specialty adoption programs for the bigger girls and boys because it seems to be an issue in our country. You know, it is. And we have an enormous pet obesity issue in this country, unfortunately. Um, And, you know, there's so many problems with obesity just like us. You know, it's hard on your liver. It's hard on your kidneys. It's very hard on your joints. But, you know, it's also very hard sometimes to get a handle on. And it could be, obviously, one thing is it could be a medical issue. But let's be honest, a lot of our pets live really comfortable, good, happy, lazy lives. Um, We have a lot of couch potato cats in our country, don't we? Yes. So, you know, and while you can teach it, you can't, I mean, honestly, even some cats, to walk on a treadmill, to be honest, the biggest issue is food intake. Um, they get too much, and we love giving it to them because it makes them happy. So it can be a real challenge to get pets to lose some weight. So Okay. If, Doc, if I've, I've, got it, brothers. I've got brothers. They're the same age, Hank and Finn. Finn has never okay. been a chunk. They eat the exact mm-hmm. same amount of food every day. <laughs> Hank's groomer calls him a meatball. The vet's like, he's got to go on a diet. But he eats the same as his brother. And I don't give them food scraps unless it is, um, unless it would be like a piece of protein, you know, or something like that. And that's very rare. It's just when I'm in the kitchen cooking or something and, you know, make him do a little something to (laughs) earn it. But uh, so what is that? I mean, it can't really be genetics. They came out of the same litter, although they look different. Well, there you go. You know, I mean, I think it's important to remember that just like other siblings that even even siblings have different genetics. So, you know, sometimes pets inherit one trait from dad and a different trait from mom. And we all do have different genetics that can affect our metabolism and how we process foods and so on and so forth. Some of it seems to be very, very individual. Um, And they're doing a lot of studies on what we call gut microbiome, which is a big fancy word for just we all have different bacteria floating around in our GI tract. Um, and that seems to be actually a big influence on how we lose weight as well. And that's very, very individual, not necessarily related to environment or genetics, but just each of us are unique. So that can be really challenging. But I'm going to challenge you, Lisa, because you said you give little pieces of protein. Well, yeah. why can't you give a little piece of carrot or a little frozen green beans or... There's a lot of great, some frozen peas. There are many great vegetable snacks, and a lot of dogs okay. go crazy for them. So yeah, they won't go crazy, but they will. 
It is entertaining to watch because they'll chew it as if it's the worst thing in the world, but they're not going to let the other dog get it. They will. It's so true. It's so true. Yes. You want to see the worst facial expression? Just try feeding some dogs a piece of lettuce. Oh, they, yeah, yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. When that drops on the floor, they all rush to it, and then they're like, mm, I don't really know about that piece of lettuce yeah. or, or whatever it might be when it comes to the green leafy family. Uh, so please tell me that we're not going to put our dogs on drugs to help them lose weight, are we? No, you know, we really haven't gone that route yet with, with veterinary patients, and I hope that there's not a need to. We do make some special foods, and there are some diet foods out there that can help and encourage weight loss. They're lower calorie or higher fiber and help, especially dogs and cats, like that feeling of being full. Yeah. It's a good feeling. It makes them feel good. It makes them happy. So what those diets do is they oftentimes add a lot of fiber, so they get that feeling of being full but they don't have as many calories that they have to take in, and that can help a lot. Okay, great. Dr. Dana Varbel knows everything about hedgehogs with breast cancer to what your <laughs> dog is, uh, and is doing on a daily basis that might impact their health. If, if you've got a question, you can send us a text at 312-981-7200, or, of course, you can pick up the phone and talk to her. Um, I saw a story mm-hmm. in the Chicago Tribber, maybe the Sun-Times, about coyote mating season in our area and keeping your dogs and cats safe. Is there anything to that? I think there's a little bit. Coyotes, especially coyotes in urban and suburban areas, so, you know, all of us in Chicago and Chicagoland, they really have developed um, less fear of humans, less fear of our domestic animals because they've grown up and literally been, you know, kind of evolving locally around us. So, Uh, You know, certainly during mating season, and we see this with deer, but we also see it with other animals, including coyotes, the chances of an interaction with either a human or a domestic animal get to be a little bit higher. Now, the good news is, is that most coyotes are still pretty fearful of humans, and because dogs and cats live around humans, they're probably not super aggressive, but it is a time to be a little extra cautious. And I'm going to really... If you have a smaller dog or you have your cat still outside, this is a time when you need to be more cautious with those small animals. In general, not always, but in general, coyotes don't like big dogs. Oftentimes, our dogs are bigger than them. Coyotes are actually on the smaller side, and they don't want to... They don't want to tussle with your German Shepherd or run into your Doberman. They, they don't want that. It's scary to them. That's a bigger animal. But there are instances, especially of little dogs and cats, that can have an unfortunate coyote incident and even be attacked by coyotes. Yeah. So we, we do want to be a little extra careful right now. Nothing more horrifying than seeing that happen to your pet. Okay, yeah. Dr. Dana Varbel's with us. A few questions about why dogs want to eat grass, what works for itchy dogs, and all of those sure. other topics that are coming our way. But first, a check on weather and traffic with Mary. Yeah, we're talking cats and dogs and all kinds of animals. But still, on the legal front, I saw that Priscilla Presley is challenging Lisa Marie Presley's trust because she wrote her mom out of it in 2016 and replaced her mom with her children. And since Benjamin Keough has passed, that leaves it all to Riley, and Riley's grandma is taking her to court. My gosh, more drama from the Presley family, which is just tragic. 
Hey, I'm Lisa Dent. Steve's here. Mary, Kevin, and Dr. Dana Varbel. Dr. Dana Varbel is a veterinarian with, uh, well, she she's the officer for the North American Veterinary Community, and she practices here in Chicago. And people are texting in and want to know why dogs eat grass. That's a great question, actually. And I'm afraid the answer is not going to be as exciting as everyone wants it to be. Because I've actually done, it was such a, you know, it's so confusing because you're like, dogs don't eat grass, dogs don't like plants, right? We just talked about, yeah. you have a dog a piece of lettuce and it looks at you like you're a crazy person, right? Um, but the funny thing is, is when they've done all this research, you know what they basically found out? They eat grass because it tastes good. Um, <laughs> it does. If you ever notice, they like the long grass that's new, that has the lighter color at the top. And that's because that grass, that new grass, that new growth actually has a lot of sugar in it. So to be honest, dogs eat grass sometimes because it just tastes good to eat grass. Interesting. I know mine are picky. I mean, they will pick and choose what blade of grass they're going to eat. And what is going on? Uh, What do you think about the canine flu vaccine? That's another question coming in. That's a great one. You know, I think if you have a dog that's going to be in dog social situations, so a dog that goes to the groomer or a dog that you take to daycare or you take to boarding facilities or the dog park, places where it's going to be around a lot of other dogs, I think it's a great idea to talk about that with your veterinarian because it may be a good choice for you. Dog flu is rarely fatal, but I have seen a few cases and it can cause a really nasty pneumonia, and you don't want your dog to get that for sure. I think some people are shocked that dogs don't eat grass because they have an upset stomach, because that's always what we were yeah. told, or somehow it was a wives' tale, it right? It is. It was. It was kind of an a wives' tale. And I think part of it is, you know, it's going to sound gross, but when you feel like you're going to throw up, you get a bad taste in your mouth, so they eat the grass to cover up that bad taste. <laughs> Interesting. And they don't know it's going to make them sick again, unfortunately. But, yeah. yeah. A lot of people, Doc, are are texting about their dog eating bunny poop, and that's really bad, right? (laughs) Well, I mean, it's not the worst thing in the world, but it's not the best either. And obviously my big concern there is the transmission of diseases, bacteria, um, especially tapeworms, can be a problem, fleas. But the interesting thing is that... Poop from bunnies and other animals like horses is basically just processed grass. And again, dogs like grass. Yeah, <laughs> so yeah. It's not uncommon. Yeah. Okay. Another question here is how do you keep dogs from what they called scavenging? Meaning you take your puppy for a walk and they mm-hmm. want to eat everything right down to rocks. Yes. Like, you know, it's, and it's funny because again, this kind of goes back to some individuals seem like they're absolutely determined to eat every little bit of rock, leaf, gravel, every little thing on a walk. And some of that, especially when they're younger, as I'm learning um, and exploring their environment, it's so important, especially when you have a young dog. But again, we've talked about this before, even if you have an older dog, to have a really strong leave it command. So, you know, if they're munching on a little bit of grass, probably not going to hurt them, right? But if they go to grab something off the sidewalk, a rock, a big twig, something even <laughs> grosser, um, you know, an old glove, things that shouldn't be on the sidewalk, all those masks from COVID times, you know, it's it's good to be able to just say, leave it. And for them to know, oh, I really can't be, I can't be involved in that. I can't be around that. 
Uh, somebody's asking about Dinovite. Do you, are you familiar mm. with that? I Googled it real quick while you were talking because I'm like, I don't know what that okay. is. It seems to be a supplement for itching or that type of stuff. And that's mm. just a bigger okay. issue for me, the itching. That in my house, yeah. I have a dog. We've done the shots. We've done everything <laughs> we can, you know, the pills. Yeah. And he's just neurotic. He just wants yeah. to itch. Itch. Yeah. True. Well, and Lucy, you kind of nailed it. Unfortunately, itching can be one of those things that can turn into a neurosis, can turn into a habit that's very hard to break. Because when you scratch an itch, it actually sends things like dopamine and other good hormones to your brain. It's satisfying. So it can become addictive. So we have dogs that have medical issues that, you know, allergies or related things that make them itchy, and then they scratch the itches, and then they get addicted to scratching. So it's a, it's actually quite a complicated issue, one that we need to deal with both from a medical perspective and a behavior perspective. But I'm not familiar with that supplement, you know, personally. So, you know, it's something definitely probably not hurting anything, but it's always good to check with your vet before you start any supplement and make sure it's not going to cause more harm than good. Dr. Dana Barbel is the Chief Veterinary Officer for the North American Veterinary Community. She also treats exotics here in Chicago. And somebody just sent a text and said, my brother just told me he paid almost $500 to have his rabbit neutered. That amount is outrageous. Yeah. Why so much for a rabbit? Well, you know, actually rabbits are just as, I mean, it's just as much of a surgery for a rabbit as it is a dog or cat. If anything, maybe a little more so. We know we have to be a little more careful with them for anesthetics and handling. So, you know, you do want to go to a veterinarian that has experience with rabbits to do that kind of surgery. And if you do, they probably are going to have really good anesthesia protocols, very careful handling, and a lot of trained personnel to make sure that procedure goes smoothly. So that's pretty on point for, you know, it's a big surgery. Yeah. And a quick one, I've got about 30 seconds, but mm-hmm. I'm concerned about this one. They said their two-year-old okay. rescue that they've had since he was four months old growls at me when I try to move at night and bears mm. his teeth. Ooh, oh, that's a little more concerning. Yeah, yeah, because growling can just be groaning, but it sounds like, a, you know, two years old, teenager years. Uh, we might be trying to assert some dominance. It's probably time to maybe do a re- repeat of a training class. And make sure that we've got good communication with that dog so we're not escalating to a more aggressive behavior. Thank you so much for joining us. We always appreciate your expertise. Thank you so much, Lisa. It was great to be here today. Dr. Dana Varble. I just, um, I think she's great. So she comes about, stops by the show every other Friday. So you can always reach out then and we'll get your questions answered. Steve has your news coming up next from the Northwestern Medicine Newsroom. And um, and we'd love to hear from you today. 312-981-7200. We'll also talk about that 20% surcharge on restaurant bills in Chicago because, boy, texts are still coming in. And the sports click on the way. On air, online, all the time. Chicago, w-